0: Hi, and welcome back to this podcast, Boy and the Wolves of Chilga, the first in the Wolves of Chilga series. Episode 5, The Prophecy Remembered. The soldier. Two days after the wolves had crossed the water, the captain turned back in his saddle. The river crossing had been hard, very hard. But they'd come from a land of rivers and none had been lost. The men looked soaked and bedraggled. True, attention. You're supposed to be the best, now show it. It will not be many days now. Then you can have your revenge for being wet and cold. These wolves are not difficult to follow. Clear tracks and the occasional carcass. Yes, yeah, soon we'll be upon them. The troops began to sit up straight, but barely acknowledged him. Tired and went to answer. Meanwhile, the wolves had made steady progress over the coming days. Since the river crossing, the country had risen steeply, and it had been hard on them all. But now they were on high flatlands. As they traveled, the mountains ahead were becoming clearer. Viter thought it would be at least seven more days before they reached them. His work with Milena each evening Practicing self-defense with the staff was fun, despite the tiredness he felt. Milena said that he showed real promise. He'd never been good at any sort of sport before, and yet here he was running and learning combat methods. He knew he had so much more to learn. Milena could run three or four more times as long as he could. And she was so fast with the staff. Give up, boy, whispered Biter. Wolfsir wants to gain time on these flatlands. The mountains ahead will be test us all. Try to be a bit swifter. The stitch kicked in as Biter spoke. He grimaced. Maybe he wasn't that fit after all. It was ten days later. No trees, no hills, no nothing. Just flatlands of coarse grass and scrub. Ten days of running and riding and sleeping exhausted every night. Every day the same, except for the mountains. At least they'd grown closer and closer, until finally they had arrived near the cliff base. Wolfsa called a halt, and they rested briefly. The cliffs towered above them, but between them and the rocky heights was a gorge dropping over a hundred meters. At the bottom, a meandering river. Boy could see the climb down would be difficult and dangerous. There was no clear path, and the ground looked loose and slippery. One false step and he could fall all the way to the bottom. That was not the worst of it. If they managed to cross the gorge, they faced cliffs that rose and rose. The mountains look so steep, impossible to climb, especially for the wolves, Milena shook her head. They are like the mountains of Chilga. How are we ever going to climb up there? And yet we must, said Biter. We cannot go round them. Come, wolves wants us all. He will know what to do. They joined the other wolves gathering around their leader. No one was speaking, all of them waiting patiently as wolves sat staring at the cliffs. Boys studied the cliffs again. The dark rock looked menacing in the evening light. Behind the cliffs and set back were the mountains themselves. Not as steep as the cliffs, but covered in trees. They seemed to rise forever. Above the tree line, bare rock and then snow, so high they looked as if they were almost touching the sky. Wolser addressed them all. When sickness is all around you, journey west for a valley on high. There you must search for an entrance, on a path that is hidden from sight. The prophecy has been with us for countless generations. It is why we have made this journey. There must be a way. And yet I see no valley, no shallowing of these cliffs. Nor have I these past days, as we have drawn nearer. Perhaps the entrance is elsewhere. Let me run south and Hunter run north, suggested Runlong. Wolser slowly shook his head. We have been watching the cliffs these last four days. Always we have run due west. I am sure there has to be another answer. We stay here for the night. Perhaps the answer will be clearer in the morning. Ranlong poured the ground for attention. Small Ears and I speak for the South Pack. We agreed that the journey had to be made. We agreed that the prophecy had not been handed down from generation to generation without reason. But we do not know for sure it is for now that the prophecy spoke. We have run willingly at your command these many days. But if by tomorrow there is no path ahead, we believe we need to rethink the way forward. Others agreed with her, including Hunter. Wolfsar, every pack here respects your lead. We have all heard your words at the Council of Wolves. But if there is not a way forward here, surely at least we have to look north and south for an answer. Run long, Hunter, I understand why you say this but we are so short of time. The prophecy speaks of a valley. I do not believe the prophecy will be proved wrong. There are times when the solution is in sight but not seen. Sometimes the answer has to reach out to us, not us rush to seek it. He looked up and around him. In the same steady tone he continued, The evening is upon us. Let each of us think, And watch as we await the dawn. Without another word, Wolster got up and wandered off to sit alone, upright, staring at the cliffs or at the elusive valley. The other wolves sat and prowled around, saying little. Milena suggested they use the time practicing with the staff, but after several hard knocks, they both realized their heart wasn't in it. Biter came and lay down beside them. As had become their habit in the evening, they both leaned against him, except this time it was for comfort. For they were both unsure of what would happen next. "Biter," said Boy, what happened at the Council of Wolves? You know, before we started this journey. Before the Council came the sickness, Biter replied. It came upon us over one moon's rise and fall. Boy took that to mean a month. My brother and sister were out hunting. They'd found a weak deer. It was odd, for it seemed dazed and made no effort to escape. They killed it and began to eat, but it tasted bitter and so left it. On their return to the pack, a dizziness, a weakness, and a pain, such pain, came upon them. Others in the pack began to fall ill. Soon most of our pack was ill. Then we heard that members of other packs were also afflicted. We think it is linked to the soldiers that came from across the mountains. All this happened soon after they had been sighted near the old tunnels. There had always been occasional man or animal that had strayed or tried to cross into our lands. Always we've turned them back, for they only seek to conquer and kill. The children listened, enthralled. But this was different. These were soldiers. Soldiers in armor, they tried to attack us with spears. Even after they caught and butchered Longhears, Wolser would not have them killed. Many of us wanted revenge, but he reminded us that true strength lies in restraint. So we cornered them and disarmed them, returned them to the tunnels to show them our strength, and that for them to take back the message that this, our land, was not for them. Oh, so we thought. He paused, remembering. Yes. It was soon after that that the sickness began. We fear it is somehow to do with them, and now we are too few to guard the entrance properly. It was there at the council that we discovered how the other packs had caught the sickness. They too believed it started with a kill. Several have been lost from each pack, and I fear for my brother and sister. If a cure is not found, then all the packs will be endangered. Boy felt Melena take his hand. He gripped it back and returned, sensing the worry and the sadness in bite her. It was then at the council that the prophecy was recited by Wolfsar, and the cause of much debate. Many were not convinced of the prophecy. An old tale for telling to young pups, some thought. But, he sighed no other way forward could be suggested or agreed upon so two from each of the other packs joined wolfsir and i for this journey it is a desperate decision yet i believe him wolfsir is strong and wise he leads us all i believe seeking the valley will be the first test of the prophecy let us hope tomorrow brings the answer that he seeks from these cliffs Melena and boy said nothing they rested against Biter's side, taking comfort from his presence and his warmth. Little was said by anyone that evening. A sadness and a tension hung over them all. Later, as Boy prepared for sleep, he saw that Wulsa had not moved. He remained like a statue, sitting on his haunches, staring at the cliffs, willing them to give up their secret. When Boy awoke the next morning, Wulsa was still in the same place. He and Milena whispered about what they should do. Milena suggested the two of them should try and climb the cliff, but fortunately she decided it was not practical. They went quiet and stood side by side, wondering what would happen. Runlon spoke first. Wolfsa, it is time for us to decide a way forward. We cannot stay here, and if we cannot go on, do we look to the north and south at this point? Or do we return to our packs? Others joined in with different views, whilst Walser sat quietly and listened to them. Boy found himself distracted by the sunlight. It was a cloudy day, but now and again the clouds separated and the sun shone down in a sharp, narrow beam, only to disappear as the clouds swirled about. It gradually moved along the cliff face, making the outline and the features of the cliff clearer, as if they were much closer. The sun went in, only to return a minute later on the cliff face in front of them. It shone all the way down the cliff face to the ground. He moved again, except this time it suddenly seemed to stop, a hundred meters or so from the ground. Puzzle, boy kept watching. The beam moved with the clouds. It continued to shine, except it still stopped short of the ground. He gasped, sat up straight and pointed the cliff, except it wasn't a cliff face, there was a gap. There had to be a small lower cliff that was somehow proud of the main cliff. Same color as the main cliff. The small cliff was somehow blending into the main one. It had to be separate from the main cliff. That's why the sun stopped short of the ground. The way up could be hidden behind the small cliff that was proud of the main one. Look, look, the cliff. It's not a cliff. He couldn't think of the words. The others turned to look at him. They pointed furiously, but the beam of sunlight had already gone. Boy could feel the wolf's irritation. What is it you think you saw? said Hunter. Boy felt his face go red and hot. He looked at Hunter and then quickly back at the cliff. He didn't want to lose the spot. The sunbeams had gone completely, leaving the cliff looking dark and brooding. It had gone. The place had gone. Uh, The sun. It shone on the cliff. I think the cliff is split there, and there is a way up somehow. He stopped. He felt the disbelief as the wolves and Melena looked at him and then the now-sealed cliff face. I can't see anything, can anyone? demanded Ron Long. Are we to risk the climb down and out of the gorge because boy thinks he saw for a second something we cannot see? Silverback stepped forward. Wolfe, well, the cub proved himself in the river. But do we risk the climb down and what he may have seen? What is your decision? Wolfe remained silent. He was staring at boy. He felt the intensity of the stare and had to look away. The wolf stood. He slowly moved up to him. Let us hear him properly. Tell me again, boy, what you saw and where. Wolf, sir, you are putting off the moment. He saw nothing, complained Runlong. None of us can see anything. Let him speak. Remember, he is no ordinary cub. The others backed away deferring to Wulsa. The boy's heart was thumping, and his mouth was dry. What if he didn't see anything? What was they going to say? He thought to himself. Courage, child. a voice deep inside him prompted. It was Wulsa, and he instinctively knew no one else had heard it. He took a deep breath and explained what he'd seen. He still stumbled over describing what he had seen and what he thought it meant. But this time, he could see some of the pack believing him. Wolfsa turned to the others. I, like you, cannot see the small cliff or gap. But I will not give up on our pack so easily. Come, boy, take the lead with Biter and show us what you have found. Wolfsa led the way down into the river gorge. It was steep, but he followed the old tracks that sheep or goats had used in the past. The two children went next boy following Milena, with Biter behind. Couldn't look down. The drop was too great, and he didn't much like heights anyway. He kicked a stone by mistake and watched it as it crashed down and down, collecting other stones on the way, before finally splashing into the river so far below. The ground on this side was slippery with too many loose stones. He was sure it had slip. He picked out his way carefully, his hand running along the cliff face beside him, constantly searching for anything to hold on to. Occasionally, he felt Biter steady him by holding the back of his tuning. Suddenly, there was a scrabbling of paws as Greypaws lost her footing. He feared seeing her hurtling down the cliffside, but when he looked back, they were all still in line behind Biter. Milena kept turning around to warn him of loose stones or slippery footings. It seemed to take forever and he felt exhausted by the time he reached the gorge floor. He let out a great sigh and grinned and thanked both Milena and Biter. It was a bonus, they realised, that the river was not fast-flowing and only near high for Boy and Milena, so they were able to cross easily by wading through. The climb back up was less scary, but hard work, and Boy's legs were aching badly by the time they reached the top but the aching was as nothing compared to the nervousness and self-doubt he was feeling. What if the cap didn't exist? What if it was just an optical illusion? He cringed inside at the thought of what Runlong would say. More importantly, he would have let Walter down again. They stumbled up onto the flatland, and boy immediately started searching around. Can you see it, boy? Malena asked urgently. No, no, can't. I'm sure it was around here, though felt the wolves watching him as he searched the cliffs from left to right. He had to be here. He was sure of it. He felt the panic rising. He had to be here. He caught sight of Runlong, pacing backwards and forwards. He knew he had to find it soon. Perhaps he had made a mistake. Perhaps he had been some sort of trick of the light after all. He made himself take a deep breath and walk along, scouring the cliffs once more, slowly from left to right. He stopped, smiled, and then grinned. There, look, cried boy, and pointed. The cliff wasn't whole. Proud of the cliff face was indeed a thin hillock. From the front of it, it looked as though it was part of the same cliff. But to the side, yes, it had a gorge separating the small hillock from the cliff. There was a gap. Biter stopped with growler for the children to climb on together. They ran and ran for the cliff. The gap was quite small, just three meters across. A small stream had gradually eaten away the rock, creating a sloping gorge and a hidden path that led from the base of the cliff up. Wolfster turned to Boy. You have keen eyes. Yet again you have proved your worth to the pack. Biter and the others were all full of praise, and Boy felt embarrassed, pleased, and relieved all at the same time. It was a good job you were watching those sunbeams, Boy said melena as they began up the gorge slope. I don't think we would have seen it otherwise. Boy just grinned and then had to cling on as Biter began the ascent in earnest. The climb was easier than the river gorge, but still required care. Boy noticed that amongst the small rocks there were bits of slabs, as though there was a staircase there, many, many years ago. As Biter crested the cliff top, Boy gazed around. The ground continued to slope up, but for a few hundred meters was fairly flat. Then the mountain face rose steeply, but now, instead of bare rock, it was covered in trees. Boy was amazed how they seemed to cling on despite the angle of the cliffs. The line of trees was broken by two shards of rock, about twenty meters tall and several meters apart. Between them no trees grew. Instead. The rock face was covered by a dark green moss. Everyone was confident this had to be the way forward. The doorway spoken of in the prophecy. But how to get through it was a different matter. Hulsa took the lead and walked up to it. He sniffed the moss and poured it. This is much clearer. There must be a doorway behind the moss. As one, wolves and children began to pour or pull the moss away from the rock face. It came away easily, but only to reveal yet more rock face. They all stood back to search for signs. What was the verse again, Biter? asked Milena. The wolf repeated it. There you must look for an entrance, on a path that is hidden from sight. Search for a sign so familiar and enter the door in the light. It will take you on a journey of danger, by steps that are dark. But give hope. Wolves turned to them. I think we should look for the sign of the wolf. He looked back at the rock wall. Again, it is a puzzle that time and sharp eyes may have to solve. He looked at the darkening sky. The day is near to its end. I think we'll have to wait till morning. He stopped, looked at the wall, and then across at the plains below. Yes, I think it is going to be sensible to await the morning. This was Boy and the Wolves of Chilga, written, narrated, and recorded by Simon Taylor. For more information about Simon Taylor, his books, radio broadcasts, and school storytelling, go to www.simontaylorsstoryteller.com.